The Beatles are a pretty nice band, and we've got a lot to say. The Beatles are a pretty nice band, talk about them day after day. But we also love the outfit a lot, so are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band, someday we'll judge if they're fine, oh yeah. Someday we'll judge if they're fine. Love you too. Whoa, another Harris song? <laughs> Two in the first four tracks? Man, George is really getting a chance to, like, contribute, finally. That's It's cool. It's groovy, man. Yeah, man. It's good to hear George being in a good place for once. He isn't complaining. <laughs> he is, again, telling me what to do, but I happen to like this philosophical message of living in the now. I used to have to be in the right mood to listen to what I like to call the sitar songs, but I've grown to appreciate them. No, for sure. I mean, for for me, I think this song really runs more on vibes. Uh, it's it's a super important song in the catalog because of all the instrument, instrumentation, and it brings all the Indian influences that they've kind of had so far that they've been dabbling with. Like, they shove it in your face. <laughs> like, you can't escape what they're doing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's a... It's like I said. It's great that George is finally getting a chance to shine and try stuff in on Maine. Following the sitar motif on Norwegian Wood, "Love You Too" was the Beatles' first full attempt at recording a piece of music in the classical Indian style. At the time, George Harrison was learning the sitar from Ravi Shankar, who inspired him to learn more about Indian music and Eastern religion. Recorded under the working title Granny Smith, because Jeff, because George Harrison never had titles for his songs, and Jeff Emmerich just wrote Granny Smith because it was his favorite kind of apple. Love You Too shows Harrison's burgeoning interest in philosophy, as well as his love for new wife Patty, whom he married on January 21st, 1966. Harrison, uh, most people don't realize that making a record is much like shooting a film. There are long periods of boredom and waiting around while technical details are attended to and parts worked out, interspersed with moments of creative spark. This is Jeff Emery talking. Naturally enough, my memories of the making of Revolver consist largely of those moments. One example was the time that George Harrison brought in some local Indian musicians from the Asian Society to play on his song, Love You Too. I had never mic'd Indian instruments before, but I was especially impressed by the huge sound coming from the tabla. I decided to close mic them, placing a sensitive ribbon mic just a few inches away, and then I heavily compressed the signal. No one had ever recorded tabla like that. They had always been mic'd from a distance. My idea it resulted in a fabulous sound right in your face. Both Harrison and the Indian musicians commented afterward about it. I can't speak to how, you know, tabla is supposed to sound or sounded before Revolver, but it sounds really cool here. Absolutely. To this day, there is some question whether George handled the primary instrumental duties himself. Right. Yeah. Some believe that the apparent complexity heard on Love You Too was beyond his capabilities, at least in spring 1966. Others point out to his single by diligence in mastering the instrument, as well as his study through private lessons, proximity to accomplished musicians, and close listening to pertinent records. Others were brought in to handle specialized parts, however. To capture a live go with a tune rather than resort to multi-tracking and tape reduction, George recruited another sitar player as well as someone to handle tambura, swarmandal, a zither-like Indian harp, and a tabla, the Indian hand drum. Uh, 
Thankfully, the percussionist, Anil Bhagwat, was credited on the album. Why the others were not is one more Beatle mystery. Yeah. Mr. Bhagwat later told Mark Lewison that he had no idea who was summoning him to the session, but the Rolls Royce that arrived to take him to the studio clued him in that it was important. Swarms of girls camped out at the facility confirmed the presence of pop stars. And can you imagine just being picked up for a job and then walking in and realizing it's the Beatles? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> I better be credited. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just as the song shifts into high gear for the improvis- improvisational movement, the number ends. The mono listeners are given an extra 13 seconds. Hmm. Ray Davies time. Yeah. Ray, Ray Davies said, uh, George wrote this. He must have quite a big influence on the group now. This sort of song I was doing two years ago. Now I'm doing what the Beatles were doing two years ago. It's not a bad song. It's well performed, which is always true of a Beatles track. Can I ask a question? Okay. Can I ask a question? Is this yeah. was this Ray Davies review like contemporary, or is this more recent? It, uh, it, it was, uh, I believe, in early 1967. Okay. So it wasn't like wasn't like recently. Yeah, it was. It was of its time. Okay, cool. Yes. Let me double check. Real quick. It was in Disc and Music Echo Magazine, August 1967. Although I'm thinking it might have been August 1966, now that I think of it. But uh, either way, it was it was contemporary. Cool. For sure. Um, <laughs> also, this is a Ray Davies quote. Paul McCarty was one of the most competitive people I've ever met. Lennon wasn't. He just thought everyone else was shit. Yep. <laughs> that is the ultimate Ray Davies quote about the Beatles, I think. Yeah. Uh, worth mentioning. The Tripes, an offshoot of the Feelies, covered Love You Too on their 1984 EP, The Explorers Hold. Uh, the song was covered by experimental rock band Bongwater in 1988 on their debut <laughs> album Double Bummer. <laughs> My Morning Jacket singer Jim James performed Love You Too on a banjo for his 2009 EP Tribute Two, a collection of Harrison songs that James recorded shortly after the former Beatles' death in November 2001. The whole EP is great. You should check it out. It's under Yim Yames. Okay. In 2012, Corner Shep recorded for Bojo's multi-artist compilation Yellow Submarine Resurfaces. Love Count, we have some love here. Four. Four loves. I'm going to give this a yeah. I'm going to disagree with you and give it a Josie. <laughs> okay. I know it, it seems because I think I've mostly given the Harrison songs a uh, a yeah. I don't know. I think uh, I'm, I'm making the same argument that I've made with Eleanor Rigby. It's like, do I really want to listen to the sitar songs? Eh, probably not. I think I'm going to go with Your Love by the Outfield. But I'm not minimizing its uh, influence and importance in the pop music canon. I don't know, man. I, I, I like I said, it, it grew on me, and uh, like to the point where it's just a good song. It has nothing to do with the fact that it's a uh, sitar, which is rare and still in you know pop music. Sure. Uh, I just, I just think it's better than your love, buddy. Elfield. That's all. We disagree again. So, yeah, I was right. It, uh, the 
Ray Davies said this in August 1966 because of the the first sentence is Revolver LP out next Friday, August 5th. Ah, that's so, cool. There you go. So I think he got an early copy, in fact. He probably listened to it all day and all of the night. No. I like that your Zoom cut out for a second because it knew you were going to make the joke. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe that you and me will last forever anyway. Oh. Uh, the Beatles are a pretty nice band. Talk about them day after day. But we also love the outfield a lot. So are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band. Someday we'll judge if they're fine. Oh yeah, someday we'll judge if they're fine.